0: Hello, and welcome to Our Walk Together. This is the place where we have a chance to listen and to learn from others on our walk. My name is Paul Wong, and I will be your host, but also a fellow traveler. I'm glad that you're able to join me today on Our Walk Together. Welcome to our walk together. I have a special guest today. His name is Bruce Worziniak. He's the host and the creator of Catholic Sports Radio. He was born and baptized Catholic and spent the majority of his professional career working in sports. And he's a veteran broadcaster and podcaster. His faith life includes being a Benedictine oblate to the St. Leo Abbey in West Central Florida participating regularly in a monthly men's prayer group through his church, being the president of a weekly Christian business connections group, and being part of the Cursillo movement, having attended monthly Yuletrea meetings for a few years before making his weekend in early October of 2019. He attends mass twice a week and did a Men's Emmaus weekend in 2016. On the sports side, Bruce has worked for 10 seasons, for a National Hockey League team doing public relations. The last six of which he served concurrently as the director of the public relations for the pro indoor lacrosse team that the organization also operated. Along the way, he earned three world championship rings and contributed to a solid sold out arena on many game nights, thanks to gaining regular news coverage for the team. Bruce was the first hire to the league office when it reorganized and relocated, serving as the vice president of public relations for North America's premier pro indoor lacrosse league. He then moved on to a 10 and a half year run as the director of communications for the International Softball Federation, the world governing body for the sport of softball, including being the chief press officer at two Summer Winter Summer Olympics, Bruce's broadcasting career has included radio, TV, and the internet, doing pro and collegiate lacrosse, indoor and outdoor, as well as World Championship and college softball games. He's been on notable carriers such as regional national, regional sports networks, and e, and an ESPN radio affiliate. Non-sports related, he did fill-in work on a Christian talk radio station, and earlier in his career, he had done on-air work in varying formats. He began as the sports director at his college radio, and eventually was co-station manager there. And so we welcome Bruce Orsiniak.
1: Bruce, can you tell us just a little bit about Catholic Sports Radio and what it's about? I'd love to. And I'd like to actually start off by saying that even though it's called Catholic Sports Radio, you don't have to be Catholic to listen to it. I just don't want anyone out there who thinks that they're not going to understand what we're talking about. I want to dispel that notion because the reason that I called it that is twofold. Number one, Catholicism is the only religion that I've ever known. And so the guests that I have are only Catholic guests. But it's also because that in the broadcast world, the podcast world, whatever you want to call it, the more niched down you are, the better. And so it does allow me to really kind of specifically tailor the show. And what I'm doing is I'm interviewing guests who are Catholics that are current or former athletes, coaches, referees, umpires, clergy, administrator. And this, by the way, is from the pro amateur and scholastic ranks. I'm interviewing them about the intersection of their faith life and their sports life. So I don't report scores, I don't talk about wins and losses <laughs> or statistics. These are conversations that I'm having with a different guest every week on Catholic Sports Radio.
0: And um what kinds of things are you learning? How does how do sports and and Catholicism where do they where do they join? Where do they uh come together?
1: Or yeah, whatever, I love what are that, your folks saying to you. I love that you asked that question because that's a large part of why I started Catholic Sports Radio was to let people know that our faith doesn't end at sports or our faith doesn't end at the time we step into whatever our job is or our faith doesn't end the time that we step into the supermarket anywhere you go your faith is always with you and should always be with you and so it's great to hear these guests on Catholic Sports Radio talking about how they are specifically bringing their faith into their sports life, whether it's anything from baby Joe Macy, the boxer who was putting a scapular inside his boots before every match. I remember one softball player who told me that she prays a Hail Mary quietly in the dugout before she goes up for every at bat. And I don't want your audience to think that, oh, these are, rituals that athletes are doing in competition, because a lot of them are showing a mix of faith and sports. Yes. On the field of play, on the ice, on the court, whatever it is, but also in their training. So I recently interviewed somebody who said that she realized that she could offer up her sacrifice for other players. So when you're having to run sprints, She would tell herself, I'm going to offer this up for the player next to me. And then she'd come back after that one. She'd say, I'm now the next one. I'm going to offer up for the second girl down. And it's funny because it only Mm -hmm. recently dawned on me. And you can relate to this as someone that's been in Curcio before that in Curcio, we talk about palanca. And mm-hmm. offering up something that is sort of a sacrifice. It doesn't have to be, I sat down and said, five, our fathers as my palanca for the crucio movement. Right. Yes, you can do that. But it dawned on me that I thought, well, that is a case of here's something that an athlete might not like to do. Maybe it's lifting weights. Maybe it's running those sprints that I talked about, but taking those and offering them up for someone Instead, and using that as a prayer opportunity instead of this is just a part of my training regimen. Do you
0: find that there is? I mean, other than, other than praying that, that God gives me the win as opposed to somebody else, uh, is, do you find there's a lot of prayer that does go on in athletic competitions?
1: There is. And I'll tell you, it's really nice to hear those that will come on and tell me that they're not praying please let me win and not the other opponent. They will pray for the safety and the health of themselves and their teammates and their opponent, the officials, the spectators. And I think that's another thing is that, you know, on the surface, we just see these sports games that take place, watch them televised on TV or we go in person. And you don't know some of these nice things that are happening behind the scenes. I'm referring specifically to, athletes who have told me about mass that gets said in the clubhouse the morning of a baseball game or same thing for say an NFL team. There might be mass provided on Saturday night so that the players who are Catholics can go to mass and not have to miss out because of their game day routine on Sunday. Mm. So there's definitely a lot of prayer. I think we all see it. You'll see the guys who kneel down at midfield after a football game. And a lot of them are joining hands and praying and that's great. But there's a lot more that, yes, does go on that you aren't really aware of. And it's really encouraging to hear the coaches who do respect the fact that not all their players are Catholic, but do offer up something. You know, I've talked to, say, college coaches, for example, that are Catholic and will say, I have a Friday night Bible study for my players to come to if they want. And it's nice because what starts to happen is some of the non-Catholics, they'll say, mm-hmm. well, I'm Christian and the Bible is there for me too. So <laughs> I'll go to this Bible study and they kind of dismiss the fact that, so what if it's offered by the coach and he's Catholic and he's coming from that perspective? Right. So it's really great to hear how much prayer truly is around all sports that we aren't always aware of as spectators. Do they find that it makes a big difference in, in what they're doing and how they're doing things? absolutely absolutely the coaches the coaches so many of them tell me that they're really there especially you know college or high school coaches they're really there to form men and women so that yes they're there for whatever the sport is to give them the techniques to give them the strategy to give them the game plan to make them a better athlete but they're really more about being prayerful and saying I have an opportunity here and a responsibility to form this person as they go out and become a member of the community, eventually become a husband or a wife, a mother or a father. And there's a lot of prayer that goes into that. So, you know, even the the people that I've spoken to from the NBA, from the NHL, from the NFL, these are players or coaches who have talked about, you know, how much prayer they lean on. And the fact that they know that it's going on in the locker room, it's just not real visible. I think it was a former coach of the Los Angeles Lakers that told me that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was particularly prayerful, not a Catholic, but it was almost kind of, and this was Paul Whitehead, by the way, he said, you know, you'd kind of know if you need to talk to Kareem, like you go over at a certain time, otherwise you don't go near him because he's, mentally preparing for the game, but he was saying to me, we know what that means, which is that that was his prayer time. So there's a lot that goes on even at that level as well, not just, you know, high school and college as I gave mm-hmm. examples of before. It just uh, this seems,
0: I'm sure that most people don't realize that that kind of thing goes on and and that people are that um, introspective and and aware and depended almost on on their prayer life uh, in professional sports and all other sports too.
1: Yeah. And I think too, you know, there's also some neat things that can be done. I look at it from from two standpoints. So with my ministry, it's kind of a double-edged sword because you go, if sports is what it takes to get someone's attention and it gets them deeper into their faith, oh well, at least they moved yeah. <laughs> deeper in their faith. You kind of say it's too right. bad that it took sports to get there. But at the same time, it is something that might get someone's attention. And I always think for for my ministry that there's really three different types of people out there that could be impacted by Catholic sports radio. Number one is the person who has completely fallen away from the church, doesn't go at all anymore, but they know it's there. And if all of a sudden they hear one or more interviews on Catholic sports radio and kind of tell themselves okay, I, I really should probably go back to church. Well, then that's terrific. And number two is the person who does go every Sunday, but they're just going through the motions and they simply attend so that they can check the box and say that they went. And that mm-hmm. person might hear an interview or two or three and say, you know what? I, I can't just sit there anymore. I have to actually devote myself, engage with the service and go to mass because I'm trying to be a part of the mass, not just because I'm trying to check a box and get out and get home and continue with my day. And number three is the people who are already on fire for their faith, but maybe they hear one or more interviews and they want to get even more involved. Maybe they join a ministry that they weren't already a part of or some volunteer role that they're going to take on just because they are so on fire for their faith and they want to serve the church and the community even better. And, and then it, it kind of flips to the other side where it can be used as a tool insofar as I'm, I'm thinking of a Catholic priest that I had on as a guest from up in Peterborough, Ontario. And they actually had a hockey team of Catholic priests. And oh, so wow. although people kind of thought of it as sort of a novelty, like this was competitive. This wasn't a one-time, you know, oh, this'll be kind of fun. This was something that he was in charge of vocations for his diocese. So he said, it's a lot more relatable if someone goes and watches this hockey game and says, these guys are Catholic priests, like that's kind of normal. So right. it kind of normalizes it to where someone can consider this as a vocation and say, well, maybe there's something to this. I, you know, I've maybe felt the calling, I should look into the priesthood. And all of a sudden these guys are a lot more approachable because they're not wearing a collar, they're wearing hockey equipment. <laughs> right
0: right and that, that's a good point because uh i was i was talking recently with with someone and we were talking about particularly young people and you know the church keeps on you know continually praying for vocations and you know looking for people you know priesthood and religious life and all that and yet what i see many times is there's there's no one out there giving them example either you know it's like why would i you know what makes this person different or what's this different lifestyle and there's nobody that's you know really talking about that yeah. to, especially to young people it seems to me yeah,
1: and that's what i enjoy about occasionally having either a priest on the show or a nun and granted they always do have some sort of connection to sports you know, for someone to be a guest on Catholic mm. sports radio, they have to be a practicing Catholic and they have to be one of the criteria that I mentioned before, you know, current mm-hmm. or former athlete, coach, referee, umpire, et cetera. And I think that when you see a nun who has been a marathoner or this priest that I'm talking about who plays hockey, I had on a, a Bishop from Chicago who is in his seventies and still plays hockey. And I think as you're saying, it does make them more relatable because we kind of put up that, we we look at them, we look at the members of the clergy with sort of a filter in the sense that we don't consider them to be just like us. And the fact Mm -hmm. is they're just like us, except they have devoted their entire life to serving the Lord. And you see that, oh, well, I like to run marathons too, or I like to play hockey or I like to whatever. So all of a sudden that person, there was a priest that I had on one time who told this tremendous story about how he played football in high school. He was a really good college football player. He got invited to try out for the Cleveland Browns. And all of a sudden he went to Medjugorje and had this life-changing experience and was called to the priesthood. So that's how close he became. That's how close he came to going into football instead of pursuing the priesthood.
0: But it's, I mean, and, and like you say, I think that's a it's a really good point that, you know, when when a person puts on that Roman collar or habit or whatever, it doesn't make them a different person. You know, there maybe is a different focus in their life, but the things that they bring to that are, are also very important,
1: um, especially in the way they can talk to other people. Yeah. And when you mentioned before about role models, that's a large part of What I'm trying to get, especially if there are parents who listen to Catholic sports radio, trying to get them to impress upon their son or their daughter, that I say myself all the time, without even a guest having to back me up, that sports are great. And there's a lot of tremendous qualities to participating in sport, such as teamwork, such as good sportsmanship, such as physical fitness, but we worship god and god alone we don't worship sport and what happens is there's this tendency to idolize sports figures and when all of a sudden those sports figures come out and tell you how important their faith is to them and some of them quite frankly i find are refreshed to come on catholic sports radio and talk about their faith instead of answering the same sports questions over and over that all of a sudden creates this awareness where we have to stop and say to ourselves maybe I shouldn't be idolizing this person in the way that I am. Maybe I should admire their talents and what they're doing with these gifts on the football field, on the baseball field, whatever it is. But I really need to be focused squarely on trying to live like God and not trying to live like this athlete. And it's fine. I will say this too on Catholic sports radio, that it's fine to want to pursue an athletic career and want to become a pro athlete and get that contract, but you want to live your life like Jesus did you don't want to say, I want to be like that guy. Well, you may want to be able to throw the ball or shoot the puck or whatever it is like a certain athlete, but you want to live your life like Jesus did. The nice thing is that I get to have a front row seat for the athletes who are recognizing that they're blessed to get the contract that they're getting to get the Hmm. opportunity that they're getting. And you hear about some of the works that they're doing to give back and I have not had either one of these two guys on yet, uh, but Philip Rivers, who retired from the NFL a year or two ago, longtime quarterback, he actually is now coaching high school football and I believe has largely funded the school that he's coaching at. Matt Burke, who played for years and years in the NFL, he played for the Minnesota Vikings, he actually built a Catholic school up in Minnesota. So there are people right there where you say, it is really nice to hear the guys who say, yeah, I'm getting this big contract, but I'm not just trying to build the biggest house on the block. I'm not trying to buy the most expensive car that's out there. They actually want to give back and repay what they've been given from God from their talents and from the organization that they got a contract from and do these community-minded projects. A lot of them will have Foundations or some sort of nonprofit and they do a lot of work out in the community that we only see what they do on the right. playing field and there's not enough of these stories being told, which is why I enjoy having them come on and, and tell me the work that they're doing like that because so often
0: you hear about the, the I, I'm talking about mostly professional athletes now you so so often hear about the you know the times they're arrested the times they're doing awful things at home, the times that, you know, whatever those those kinds of things are, the antisocial things that, that they end up getting involved in. And, you know, but you don't hear the other side of many other um, athletes, professional athletes who are doing exactly as you said, you know, all those things in the background that the news doesn't pick up on that.
1: Well, and I remember... Very early on when I first started Catholic Sports Radio, one of the first guests that I had on was an NHL player who said, if we're lucky, if we're lucky, we get to play in the NHL for maybe 10 years. So, you know, he was kind of ballparking, you know, somewhere into our 30s. But he said, you have your playing career for maybe 10 years. You have your faith for your entire life. So it's kind of showing you that there are athletes that know where to put the priority so that they're realizing that, hey, I am blessed to be in this pro career, whatever sport it is. But it's something that could be taken away from me tomorrow because of injury, because of whatever. Uh, and so that it's nice to hear the ones that do see the big picture. It's,
0: it's always interesting to me. I, I, uh, We've talked before, but I, I'm, I'm a big baseball fan. Um, and I love going to spring training games because you can tell – the players who are really in, into what they're doing and realize that they have an example to set, as opposed to those who are just um, making money, I suppose is a better way to say it, but you, you watch how they interact with fans like in a spring training, especially with the kids, you know there's, there's three or four players that I've run across. Uh, in, in baseball, and I'm sure there's many, many more. But three or four players I've run across in baseball that are fantastic with kids, and they spend the time with them. They sit down and talk with them. They, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I, I just find that to be amazing. You know that they feel. Them. And then you got the other ones who walk right past them. You know, <laughs> not yeah. to judge them, but you know, <laughs> hey, what's up here?
1: I've had a couple of ball players on, and I feel like you kind of root harder for them when you listen to them talk from the perspective that they bring to Catholic sports radio, I'd, there was a baseball player that I interviewed who at the time that I interviewed him was in the minor leagues. And by the time that the season had ended, he got called up to the major leagues and there he was pitching for the Texas Rangers. And yet, if you went back and listened to my interview with him, you know, very humble, very down to earth, very genuine and loved talking about his faith, loved talking about his wife And same thing with the other guy, you know, he was pitching for the Chicago Cubs at the time that I interviewed him. And he has a foundation that he talked all about. And like I say, you find yourself rooting harder for those guys. I live in Tampa. So I'm a Tampa Bay Rays fan. And here I am Mm -hmm. keeping an eye out for someone who's pitching for the Texas Rangers or someone who's pitching for the Chicago Cubs. Although I think he's with the Mets now, Uh, but those things really go a long way. And that's again, Part of kind of that lesson that I want parents to take away if they listen to Catholic sports radio with their son or with their daughter and say, you know, listen to what a good person this is. Never mind how fast he throws the ball, or never mind how right. many home runs he hits, listen what a good person this is, you know, just the just in the way that, you know, we as your parents are trying to raise you up through the Catholic faith to be a good Christian, to be a good person.
0: What about, um, one of the things that you hear all the time is, as parents, I'm talking about parents now uh, is, you know, that you get the sign in front of the little league uh, stadium that says, we are not giving out scholarships today. Um, you know, please let your kid play. Um, you know, do you ever find that they there's any kind of reaction in the people that you interview to that kind of thing, or do um, you ever run across that with parents or anything
1: like that? Funny enough, And this, I hope you'll see how this fits into your question. I actually had interviewed Mike Candrea, who coaches college softball in Arizona, but he was the head coach of the U.S. Olympic softball team that won the gold medal in Athens in 2004. And he was talking about the Arizona Wildcats, the team that he coaches. And he said, you know, what kind of message are we sending when as parents, we are putting our kids into sports and being told by the coach by the league by whoever that we're going to have tournaments on the weekend and we're going to have games on sunday morning and this is when as parents we're trying to tell our kids we need you to be in church so he said you know we have a problem in sports when as christians we're trying to make sure that we're keeping holy the sabbath but as coaches we're being dealt these schedules where we have games that are on sunday morning and so he said you know i try to set an example for my players and not get up and scream and yell and holler at them and preach and say, you need to go to church, but he leads by example and make sure that he's going to mass every Sunday and they just know coach is coming from church. So I, I get right. what you're saying about, you know, the parents that, that get kind of loud. There was uh, a, a psychologist, a Catholic psychologist that I had come on to talk about what you're referring to, because, you know, what, what you're referring to also kind of dovetails into anyone who goes to church on sunday morning and then later that afternoon is a lunatic screaming at the television and using language that my gosh is so inconsistent with what they were just doing a few hours earlier in church and so the psychologist she talked a lot about that with me and, and with you know behavior and things like that and trying to be consistent with and it's what we talked about at the very beginning you know which is that your faith should know no borders. It it should go with you everywhere. And so when you come home from church and you sit down to watch the football game, I'm not going to say you're watching it prayerfully, but you're watching it knowing that I'm the same person that just came from church and Monday morning, I should be that same person. And Wednesday afternoon, when things aren't going well at my job, I should still be that same person. So I think it really kind of gives you, I don't want to say a nice barometer, but it's kind of a, a self audit, you know, throughout the week where you can look and see, okay, am I, am I leaving my faith outside because I'm at work now or because I'm at practice or because I'm working out at the gym? Uh, and the answer should be, no, I'm, I'm bringing it with me everywhere.
0: Right. And you and I both know that that's not only in sports, that's, that's in many places, you know, it's it's the person who goes to mass on Sunday or whenever. And, uh, you know, the next day he's, you know, um making a bad deal with somebody in the office or something like that you know we're just kind of totally opposite of what he was was doing just short time ago exactly um, this is the end of the first part of my chat with bruce orziniak the second part will be in the next podcast please come back and listen for the conclusion thanks for listening the music means that our time together is at an end. I would like to thank you for walking with me today. It's been a great blessing. All the information about this podcast or the YouTube channel and a transcript of this episode are available on the website ourwalktogether.com. And please invite your friends also to listen in. You are the best advertisement. And so until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and you may the Lord let his face shine on you and be gracious to you may the Lord look upon you kindly and give you his peace